Luke chapter 11, uh, please hear the word of God. After he, he being Jesus, after Jesus said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And may God bless to our understanding this reading from his holy word. Amen. The Bible teaches in the clearest possible way that our salvation is by grace alone. Grace alone apart from works. In other words, we can never deserve our salvation, nor can we earn it by doing good things. Ephesians chapter uh, 2 verses 8 and 9 is very straightforward. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one could boast. And we could go on and on, but I'll just suffice that one passage um, to be clear enough to make that uh, absolutely uh, crystal clear. You cannot be saved by doing good things, by having good intentions. If you quit your job and you move to a slum in India to preach the gospel to the masses and in your off time you're giving medical aid to the children, if you did that for the rest of your life, you would earn nothing toward deserving salvation. God's salvation is a free gift because Jesus Christ left his eternal glory. He took on flesh to become a human being in order that he might be our Savior. He came here 2,000 years ago to earn our salvation for us. He lived a morally pure and perfect life. All his actions, all his words, all his thoughts, all his desires were only righteous. He loved his heavenly Father with all his heart, with all his mind, with all his soul, and with all his strength. He loved his neighbor as himself. He even loved his enemies who were plotting and, and conspiring to put him on that awful cross. He obeyed God's word every moment of his life with all his heart. He obeyed God's word even when it would have been tempting to sidestep a command or two. He was hated because he was so different than everybody else. And he spoke the truth even when the religious leaders wanted to shut him up. And if he could have just sidestepped this truth or zigzagged around that command, uh, it would have been easy. But he never ever did it. Instead of refusing the cross with all its shame, with all its agony, with all its physical suffering, he embraced the cross in obedience to his Father's will. You know, our Lord Jesus only lived 33 years here on earth, but if he had lived 10,000 years, he would have been perfectly obedient his entire lifetime. Uh, living here on earth. 
And what I'm driving at is his obedience earned our salvation. He did what Adam did not do. Adam was commanded to obey. Uh, Adam was commanded not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He disobeyed. Um, Jesus came to earth as the second Adam to be perfectly obedient, to do what the first Adam did not do. Jesus was righteous, and he earned righteousness by his obedience. And so when we place our trust in Jesus Christ, he gives us the full righteousness that he earned. It almost seems too good to be true. He doesn't just give us a little bit of righteousness to get us started and see if we're going to be able to to make our way to heaven. No, he gives us his full, entire righteousness that covers every bit of your life. It covers over your past sins, your present sins, even the future sins that you have yet to commit. You, before God, are righteous. Not because you in and of yourselves are righteous, but because you have a righteous Savior who obeyed God in every respect from the heart and gives and he gives you his righteousness. Salvation is a free gift of God's grace because none of you could have ever earned God's righteousness, but God but Jesus gives it to you as a free gift. It's undeserved. Utterly free. So it's impossible Excuse me, and also unnecessary for us to try and earn uh, salvation by our good works or by our obedience or by our good intentions. In spite of the Bible's clarity on this subject, sadly, uh, most people still try and earn their salvation by their religious commitments or by their good works or by their attempts to, to obey various commands in the Bible. Uh, salvation by free grace seems to them to be too good to be true. And if it were up to them, it certainly would be too good to be true. But God gives it to us as a free gift. So, because so many people struggle with trying to earn their salvation, uh, many Christians have tried to safeguard the Bible's teaching on salvation by free grace by de-emphasizing the importance of obedience in the Christian life. You know, what if we start talking about obedience, start preaching about obedience, and someone misunderstands us and thinks that they can be saved by their obedience? And so we make the mistake then of de-emphasizing obedience when uh, Christ uh, emphasizes it. Obedience to the Word of God is vital for our growth in Christ and for our blessing uh, as Christians. And so this sermon this morning is on the blessing of hearing and obeying God's Word in our walk with Christ. And for the context, I remind you that uh, we are in the middle of Jesus' preaching that started back on verse 14 when he cast the demon out of a man, but uh, the Pharisees standing there accused him of doing it by the power of Satan. And so Jesus started preaching, um, showing them where they are wrong, preaching uh, the truth and preaching the, the grace of God. And so as the sermon progressed, 
larger crowds begin to gather. And just a, a little side note, um, we don't have the full text of Jesus' sermons. They were much longer than the seven, eight, ten verses that we have here in this passage. So, um, as the, the crowds were gathering and Jesus was preaching, you can imagine what kind of atmosphere it was. And there was a woman in the crowd who was overcome with, with emotion and admiration for Jesus as she listened to Jesus. And she shouted out, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that which you nursed. <clears throat> I want you to listen closely to the response that Jesus gives in verse 28. He says... Uh, in response to her, blessed rather are those that hear the word of God and keep it. Uh, did you hear that? The highest blessing, even higher than giving birth to the Messiah, the highest blessing is hearing and keeping God's word. This is the big point of this sermon. But I want to, I want to set that point aside for one moment in order to consider the blessedness of Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, our translation could have been clearer. It sounds as if Jesus is contradicting the woman's statement, but if you, you look at the Greek, um, he's not contradicting her, but he's improving her statement. A more accurate paraphrase would be um, Jesus saying to her, What you have said is right, but there's a higher truth. My mother was blessed, but more surely blessed are those who hear the word and keep it or obey it. As blessed as it was for Mary to nurse Jesus at her breast, it is even more blessed to hear the word of God and keep it. In other words, it was not Mary's person that calls for blessing, but rather her trust in Christ and her obedience to the Word of God. And so, rather than becoming an object for our praise, Mary serves as an example for our faith. And if you obey the, hear the Word of God and keep it or obey it, you are as blessed as Mary you are as, in bl as blessed a position as she is. In fact, uh, the, the great Roman Catholic theologian, Augustine, uh, he was very right when he said, Mary was more blessed in accepting the faith of Christ than in conceiving the flesh of Christ. In other words, true blessedness is not found in the bloodlines even for Mary. Hearing and obeying the Word of God is what is important. Jesus underscored this when his mother and his brothers came and tried to see him while he was preaching in Luke chapter 8. It's been many months back, so I'll remind you what happened. It says, Then his mother and brothers came to him, or came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. You see that? Jesus was consistent. True blessing comes in not being the blood mother of Jesus, but in um, hearing and keeping the Word of God. 
So on to the subject at hand. Jesus is very clearly teaching that obedience to the Word of God brings blessing. Again, look at verse 28. Blessed, rather, are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. Jesus was absolutely clear on this point. There are so many passages that I could quote, but I'm, I'm going to only limit us to this one uh, because of time. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? The one who hears and does not do them does not do the commandments. Uh, is like a man who has, built, who has built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. People hear Jesus' word all the time, but for whatever reason, they fail to obey it. Life is too busy. People will think that I'm a religious fanatic. God's word is great for Sunday morning. But will it really work in the real world? Uh, obedience to God's word will cost me too much. I know there are people in this congregation uh, who have lost their job, some who have even lost a spouse because of their commitment to Jesus and obedience to his word. And of course, Jesus says, if you are in that position... Um, his mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and keep it. If you've lost your family because of Christ, you have a new and better family. So why is, why is it so important to obey God? Why does Jesus say that those who hear and keep his word are blessed? Well, there are several reasons. And I'm just running through these real quickly. First of all, it is important to realize that Christian obedience is unlike uh, the way we typically think of obedience. Christian obedience is not the obedience of a slave or a soldier. Rather, it's the obedience of a child, the obedience of a son. We obey God because we know He loves us. We obey God because he, we know He desires what is best for us. We obey in, um, because we love God and we have entrusted ourselves into his good hands. Christian obedience is not slavery to cold legalism, but is submission to the law of the God who loves us, who loves us so much that he gave his own son to go to that awful cross that he might die in our place. Christian obedience flows from our faith and our trust in God. If we do indeed trust Him, why would we not then desire to obey Him? This also has another side to the equation. Partial or selective obedience would demonstrate that our faith is insincere or false. I'm going to be the Lord of my life and I'm going to choose to obey this command and this command, but this one, no, I'll, I'll, I'll conveniently forget about it. It's not the way obedience works. Selective obedience is no obedience. It's false obedience. That's why John, why Jesus said in John chapter fifteen, verse or chapter fourteen, verse fifteen, "If you love me." 
you will keep my commandments. Or again, why he said so famously in Matthew seven twenty one, not everyone who says to me, the Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Again, these are not people earning their way into salvation, earning their way into heaven by their obedience. Rather, they, it is a test. Is your, is your faith real? Is your faith sincere? How do you know? Are you obeying Jesus without question? You won't obey Him perfectly. No one ever does. But are you, is that the desire of your heart? To obey Him. To obey His Word. Even if it's costly. Even if it makes you unpopular. Even... If it's difficult and no one else around you is trying to obey. God sent His Son to be our Savior, not just to give us eternal life. Um, The Bible says that God saves us in order to make us followers of Jesus Christ. And by definition, you cannot follow Him without obeying Him. Uh, it's almost too simplistic to, uh, to even mention. In, in the Great Commission, um, and I made reference to it uh, in the baptism of, of little Rowan, Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded of you. The crowning piece of the Christian life is obedience to God. Is it your desire to obey Him? You cannot grow closer to God without obeying Him. And there are so many blessings that flow from obedience. In fact, you'll gain so much more from obeying God than you could ever give to God. You give to God your life. You're going to get so much more back in obeying Him. Uh, Even obedience to God, when you don't know where the the obedience is going to lead you, it will lead to blessing, wherever that may be. Uh, To obey God is liberating. You are a creature created by God to live in His world. Does it not make sense then that living according to His Word will free you to live as you were intended to live? You know, you take a boat and you put it out here on Lumsden. It's outside of its environment. It's going to tip over to the side. It's not going to be able to go anywhere. It doesn't have any freedom. You put that boat out on the gulf, you know, and it's able to skip along happily, freely. When you were living according to God's Word, when you're obeying Him, that's where true happiness lies. It is a fundamental lie of Satan that obedience to God's Word can never, be, can never bring happiness. That obedience to God's Word is constricting and makes people sour. It's a lie from the pit. Here's the best news yet. Obeying God's Word is not something that God just commands of you. This is where I'm uh, 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 referencing the third vow here. Um, God has sent the Holy Spirit to, um, 
to make your heart His home. He lives in you and promises to help you be obedient. When you love God and trust in Him, uh, the life of obedience, it really does become the, the highest form of happiness that you can have in this world. Your obedience is just the fruit of a life of fellowshipping with your Heavenly Father. Obedience is simply delighting in God, and you will bear the fruit of obedience. To quote Augustine again, love God and do what you want to. And what he meant by that is love God and love his priorities and his word, love his commandments, and do what you want to. There's freedom and there's joy and happiness in that. Love for God and obedience go hand in hand. Now, before I conclude, I must briefly touch on the negative side or the opposite side of obedience, which is disobedience. Um, It is a great pity that the bulk of people who hear the Word of God are only hearers only. Even in spite of their profession of faith, if their life does not follow after Christ, their faith is insincere. It is false. I read recently where someone said that the profession of religion will no more keep a person from perishing than calling a ship the safeguard or the good speed will keep it from sinking. Many go to hell with the name of Christ in their mouths. And I hesitate to say this. But Jesus makes it so clear in his word that I cannot avoid saying it. Those who will face the greatest judgment on the day of judgment will be those who have heard the word of God year after year, have heard the gospel proclaimed in the pulpits. They sit there and year after year remain the same. They're hearers only, never doers of the word never trusted Christ, never obeyed His Word. Those who hear and never are doers, their soul will be lost emphatically. We might speculate that their place in hell will be in the very center because they will be more culpable than everyone else. James chapter 1 James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And if you've deceived yourselves, who is there left to deceive? The deception's complete. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is a man who looks at himself intently or looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he was like. But the one who looks at the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. There are so many people who try and fool God with their Sunday morning religion. But God calls people to worship him with their obedience. John MacArthur says, Don't throw God a bone of your love unless there's the meat of obedience on that bone. In our passage, Jesus promises true and great blessings to everyone who hears God's word and does it and keeps it. The promise is yours. 
You're hearing the word right now. Are you going to keep it? Are you going to put it into practice? Are you going to entrust yourself to God? There's the promise of blessing. It's not just for Mary. It's for all who hear and keep his word. You can be as blessed as the mother of Jesus herself. And the really good news is that Christ has done everything you need in order for you to obey him. First of all, he has graciously pardoned all the ways in which you have disobeyed God's word. Even your future disobedience is already forgiven. As I pointed out earlier in the sermon, he has given you his his complete righteousness. So now he's calling you to be in your conduct what you are in your position before God. Not only that, Christ is giving you his word, his direction manual. It's a love letter written to us about how God loves us and loves us in giving us even his good and, and wise commands. Not only that, he's giving you the body of Christ to encourage you in your obedience. And he's giving you his Holy Spirit to empower you in your obedience. So trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Love him. Chase hard after him and joyfully uh, after him. He will produce the fruit of obedience in your life. Let's pray together. Lord... I do pray for everyone within the sound of my voice. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would plow um, the soil of our hearts, that we might receive with eagerness the implanted word, that we would not just be hearers only, but doers of your word, especially um, in our trust and our love for our Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would make us an an obedient people and uh, that you would shine brightly through us. The lost and dying world in which we live needs you so badly. Help us to be um, uh, able um, reflections of your glory through our obedience to your word. We ask in Christ's name, amen.